Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, Alistair. Yes, Andy. Oh, well, uh, I've appeared on a couple of episodes do go on oh no, what do you the, say? The, your, your thing doesn't work because in that that you say oh alistair that means you're me yeah, in that okay. one and i haven't appeared on any do go on i'm not saying that i'm you i'm saying alistair and i'm talking to myself <laughs> i'm just using your format so, what about when you said yes andy was that you talking to yourself as no, well? I Is this saying, the duality know, of man? I, I, I was saying, no, I know, Andy, that you want to step in and correct what I'm doing. Ow. <laughs> no, Andy. It was more of a, yes, Andy, like that, even though, you know, I said it in a more different way that doesn't sound like that. Anyway, mm. I've appeared on, on two episodes of Blocktober as part of mm. uh, uh, Do Go On. I appeared on the Tunguska event um, mm. which is uh, one that I wrote, you know, but based on uh, real events. <laughs> and and then when uh, Jess slash Bob got hit by a car, I got to appear on the Men in Black um, episode to fill in her very comfortable shoes. Mm. Oh, she got knocked right out of her shoes, did she? It was one of those classic uh, cartoon style hit by a car. I think that happens car. in real life. I think that happens in real life. People lose really? their shoes. People get knocked out of their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great way to take off your shoes at the end of the day. <laughs> let's start the episode, Alistair. Let's start the episode. Well, okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five, five sketch, sketch ideas. ideas. I'm Andy. And I'm Alistair George. You... Georgie William Trumbull Borchel. <laughs> and, and it almost sounded like you were going for a, a Borchel at the end there. Yeah, a Borchel. 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 A Borchel. Trombley Arboreal. Um, Alistair. So that's. A, I mean, what a beautiful idea! What a great start to the episode. It's a. It's a. It's this thing, but you can get it for your house. It's basically the front of a car yeah. on a big on a big sort of arm. I yeah. guess I imagine it swings like a like a child's swing would swing, right? But in such a way that it can hit you at ground level like an oncoming vehicle, mm. and it'll knock you right out of your shoes. Now. I mean, I almost think it would be good if it could also then knock you straight into bed. Well, I know, could- but I like, I like the idea that you do it while you're looking at your phone. Right? You just press a button next to it, you're looking at your phone, and it knocks you, and you genuinely like flip up into the air and land on the hood. <laughs> Bounce off the hood and land on the ground, but your shoes are off now. Now your shoes are off. Yeah, but now your shoes are off. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I need this not, you know, in a way to get my kids to take off their shoes when they come into the house. Yeah. If there was a way, if someone could to de- develop this, you know, like we were able to um, selectively breed um, uh, the members of the nightshade family so that they were no longer poisonous, but we could get tomatoes and um, and potatoes out of them that are, in fact, 
deliciously edible, right? If someone were able to, I don't know, selectively breed cars in such that you can be hit with them but not get injured, sure. Yeah. then uh, I'd love to use that technology. And again, just to be 100% clear, I'm, I don't want to hurt my children in any way. No. I want to take their shoes off. I want to use the ability of cars to knock people's shoes off Absolutely. to get my children's shoes off in a safe way. Well, there's no in reason the why, the, why the car needs to be made entirely out of hard metal. I don't know. It might need to be for this to work. But sure. what I'm saying is that the evolutionary process... Yeah. I, uh, I, think, I think you need to still violently <laughs> be thrown into the air. Sure. Sure. But it's, Again. Like, you know, it's like boxers sparring with gloves and a helmet mm. on, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gym car. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a sparring car. Yeah, you know, and and why not use a sparring car as well to it's a martial art that just prepares you for fighting a car. Spar car. Oh, it's a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Man versus car. You know what I would love to see this as an alternative to bullfighting, which has always seemed inhumane. I, I think like this a lot. A a sport this is perfect. Um, played in a sort of a matador-style arena. It's man versus car. It's It's got everything. It really does have absolutely mm. everything. I mean, I can't believe that this doesn't exist. It's a demolition derby. Yeah. But... But you're, with a, you're... Like, the person driving is having so much fun trying to hit this person <laughs> with the car. <laughs> Then we could honestly say that. They want to be there. No, he's having a good time. He likes this. And then there's a person standing there and they've got, I guess, a spear and maybe a spanner. I don't know, a spanner on the end of a stick. Maybe as the car zips past, they try and undo some of the the nuts on the the wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're very good. Yeah, so they, they, then they sometimes they jump on top of the car and they they start slapping the person in the car. You think. I mean, I don't know if you're allowed to hurt the person in the car because oh, so then can I, only think, the... I think it's just you versus the car. That's the yeah, purity. Right. I guess of that it. would be like the equivalent of going in and and sort of trying to get on top of the bull and stick your fingers in its ears and try to yeah, poke, poke its poke brain. Its brain. <laughs> you're not allowed. You're not allowed to touch the the the, the bull's brain. <laughs> you can only stab it in the heart. Which mm. I suppose is the engine. Mm. Um. Well, yeah, I like nice. this a lot. Um, what were we talking about before the podcast? Something about pulling your balls out. Oh, um, this is our... <laughs> I don't know if I want, need to bring this up again now. Yeah. This is our our double Oedipal scenario in yeah. which Oedipus. it's Eric Clapton is Oedipus. Eric, Eric Clapton, who's, who's, he discovered that his sister was his mother. Um, at some point in his life. He thought she was his sister, but it was actually his mum. And in this Oedipus scenario, he's also discovered that he he was having sex with his sister, who he then discovers is his mum. (laughs) I guess he was separated from his sister at some point. Yes. And so so after making out with her or having sex with her, he Mm. finds out that it's his sister. And he goes, no! So he pulls out his eyes. Yes. And so then, but then, but then <laughs> it's revealed by his grandmother, 
who he thought was his mother, his mother, that actually his sister was his real mom. <laughs> and so then he needs to pull out a second set of uh, round shaped things on his body. So he pulls out his balls, pulls, pulls his, out testicles. his testicles. Yeah. Now, the problem with this, yeah, I've just I've only just realised the problem with this is that I can't imagine a scenario in which you're making out with somebody and it's revealed to you that they're your sister, right? So the people who know that they're your sister must also know that it's your mum. Well, that's what I thought why, at first. If you've been estranged from this person, why would they reveal to you that they're your sister if they know that they're your mum? Well, I, I, I felt this at, at the beginning as well. But you got to remember that the probably... That's a natural thing. Everybody goes through that Everybody feeling. Everybody goes through this, Andy. What? I used to be like you. <laughs> But I have grown with my ten-step plan. Yes. Um, you see, they they probably do this kind of situation because of societal pressures mm. to hide the fact that a, a young woman is having a baby, and so and so they would have hidden it from people within the community. Mm. So maybe okay. maybe the mailman tells him that it's his sister because he knows. He knows. He knows that, that it's his, his sister. Because that's what he had always been told. I suppose told. while they were hiding that the that the young girl was pregnant by hiding mm. her belly, they were probably adding cushions to the to the grandma's belly. Yes, to <laughs> to make her seem like she was getting super pregnant. Yeah, yeah. They were probably adding <laughs> shoulder pads or something like that to the daughter, the young daughter who's pregnant, to make it all, keep it all proportional. Yeah, hyper proportional. Yes, making her arms thicker. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> giving her, giving her, sort of, sat putting in saddlebags on her legs and stuff like that, doing that sort of optical illusion stuff that they did with uh, the Lord of the Rings to make Gand- Gandalf. Um, That's right. Look bigger than the hobbits. Yeah, and they were doing a lot, like, building weird shaped tables. Yeah, and sort of making um, like they were doing with Cece in uh, in the nanny, and they were just a lot of the time just standing her behind a. You know, a bookshelf or something like that. <laughs> Behind a bookshelf. Yeah, they the family ran a mobile book a, a mobile library, but it was just oh, a that library. Explains that that story arc for that season. <laughs> the mobile library. Yeah, and so they but there was just a library on like a little tro- like a bookshelf on a trolley. Mm, it wasn't very mobile. It wasn't hyper mobile. It could just move around the room. It was really it was a housebound library. It had limited. It's a limited mobility library. It's a library. It was a library. It's a mobile it was a library. On crutches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could hobble. It yeah. could hobble. It's not wonder, fully mobile. I wonder if you could hang a bookshelf on some crutches just at the top, like you put a little mm. hinge. Yeah. Like that at the top, right, um, between the two mm. crutches, and then you move the crutches forward. And then the yep. library swings. Yeah. The bookshelf swings, and then it lands back there, and then you move the things forward. God, it would be hard being I, the person <laughs> having to move it. Look, yeah, and the lurching would probably dislodge some of the books. I'm not saying this would be better than wheels, mm. but, Alistair, I think it is feasible in the, what, the system you've described. I think that would work to allow you to to have a bookshelf that could hobble. Yeah. I'm limited mobility. 
That was such a great idea. Riffing on that beloved and well-known concept of a mobile library, taking the idea and then making it not a very mobile library, one that's just in for a house. You've heard of a mobile library. This is a limited mobility library. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. It's done. That's actually a very simple concept to explain. Here come the jokes. Very easy. Here come the jokes about having limited mobility. (laughs) Sort of about being sort of a little bit physically disabled. Right. Yeah, okay. So, sure, the setup is, setup is a little clunky. Sure, not everybody's aware of the concept. But once you get into the meat of it, it's very problematic. So, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is the, maybe this is the way that we finally regain the ability to make jokes about limited mobility. Exactly. It used, the problem was, the thing that made it probo was that it was about people with limited mobility. But That's right. What about well, objects with limited mobility? A lot of they the time, have no humi- humanity. A lot of the time. As far as we're the aware. Way of, yes. The way of uh, educating people. Well, the way of kind of uh, being able to push things forward is through books. And this bit has a lot of books in it. And it has a lot of pushing forward as well. Pushing (laughs) forward. Before when you were talking about getting your kids' shoes off, right? And, and you know, I find anybody who cares about taking shoes off before they get in the house, I find that completely insane, right? Well, we do it at our place. I know. That's why I was was trying to call you That's why I was bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, you live... In a mud pit, and so I like you know, um, so I can understand. There's a little bit more reason, um, but you know, it feels like it's crazy to just to, to resist the inside of your house becoming a mud pit. Um, it feels like an endless battle that you will never win. But mm, that's it fine. feels like the logical thing to do would be just to make, make some kind of mud floored house. That's right. Um, but um, but I was thinking that maybe there's a there's a middle ground. That you could that you could find, which is shoes. You know, people some people have house shoes, mm. but what about house shoes that you can put on, put your whole shoe into? House shoes for your shoes, shoes for your shoes. You know what shoe I mean? Shoes. So that way you yeah. never have to take off your shoes, mm. right? And it's mm. for people who you know, and and this could be for you know cultures where they are more inclined to take off their shoes but then they have white people come over to their house that don't take off their shoes mm. usually and are not used to it well then they could have shoes for them so that they could keep their shoes on can i put this out there yeah. what if the shoe shoe looks like a foot i think that's like great a, it like looks a, like a like a, like a fleshy expo- no unsocked An exposed foot. foot and then you could I, have uh, socks for, me, for that foot that you put on you sure in case you their, their unsocked foot gets cold this is a really good thing to have for people who have friends from Asian cultures. Yeah. Exactly. They're on really good terms. They visit these people's houses a lot, but they're unwilling to make any concessions <laughs> to their right. culture. Yeah. And that feels to me like possibly the way forward. Australia as a country... We've proven recently, in no uncertain terms, that we are not willing to make any effort to be a, a fully accepting multicultural nation. Maybe this is a problem we could solve with technology instead of with progressing personally, instead of with any personal growth. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I really because, like this idea, Alistair. Yeah, house I mean, feet. I, I love house feet a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
And I love that it's a thing that the that the the people from the uh, from the those cultures are going to have to go out of their way to get these things, keep them at the door, <gasps> you know, keep them clean, that sort of thing, yeah. to accommodate our unwillingness. And of course, they'll, they to will adapt. Be, they will be completely white skinned feet because that's exactly yeah. who they are for. <laughs> You know, but I think I think that they will look nice. This might, as, this might be the best idea we've yeah, ever had. Yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah. one time when I was listening back through episodes looking for ideas, I did like on this exact same topic when uh, a joke that you made about when we were talking about people who have a little sign that says, you know, we in this house we take off our shoes or something like that. Mm. And then you were suggesting putting a little sign on your feet that suggests, well, in these feet we keep our shoes on or whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, I also have a sign. I also have a sign. I guess they cancel each other out. Yeah. It's... Who's to say which sign is is correct? Signs in mathematics, mathematical signs, Alistair. This is going to be very good. You're going to want to listen to this. Because we also use the word sign to describe... The signs, but it's about... No, 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 Alistair. Mathematical operators that come to Earth. But that's, that's a good same, idea, though. As they look out the window, you know, they're watching the news mm-hmm. and they see that video from a birthday party, right? And they're like, I haven't, kids haven't, seen, going, the, haven't ah! seen the movie. You haven't seen the movie Signs. Crazy. No. What a cult- cultural touchstone that has gone mm. untouched by the Andy's tender, beautiful hands. <laughs> um, I touched touchstone. the movie Signs. With my anyway. hands, um, and then it's a div- it's a it's a division sign that what goes past, and everybody goes. <laughs> Those would be the ones you don't want, right? The division and the negative, the subtraction sign, the devil's addition. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Would, uh, would both be the most threatening of the mathematical signs. What do you think would um, happen to you if they touched you? Do you think you would split? Like, you know, do you think that what they represent would happen to you? I think it would have to, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I think that this is like, this is what I was going to suggest, is like what if <laughs> we could make real-life versions of the mathematical sides, the mathematical operators, mm. a plus but in real life, yeah. right, like a real one, not just maths anymore. But make a real one in the real world. Yeah. So, like, so, I, so if it touch, if a plus touched you, mm. then it would just create another one of you. Um, I think that would be a multiply or something. I mean, well, you know, that would have but to that's be the thing. That the multiplier the thing. is by just themselves. The is just a, by themselves. The operators don't really do anything. No, they well, need but to. A multiplier is just a plus. Like through, it's, it's essentially a plus algorithm. Yeah, sort of, but I don't think you're thinking about it properly, and I can't be bothered to explain no, but why. Andy, Andy, <laughs> just fix it. Just you tell me what you think. Well, I think I was trying to, Alistair, but you were talking over the top of me, and I I lost interest. But Alistair, <laughs> I never had but, the interest. No, I think you were talking <laughs> under the bottom of me. Really, um, right. under the bottom. I wasn't talking over the top of you. You were talking under the bottom of me. <laughs> Alistair, but I'm suggesting that uh, the mathematical operators would need to, because they work to combine numbers, right? Yeah. 
they they cause them to interact, you know, mathematical terms and mm. equations, that sort of interact via the operators. Yeah. Um, so you would need two things. Two, yeah, two things. But exactly. would it work through touching? So, so like if it was a plus sign, it would cause people to have a baby, I guess. Me plus you, or cause us to combine together. That's right. If it was me plus you, right? If we both touched a plus sign, yeah. Then you and I would fuse together yeah. into one then, sort of Alandy monster, hideous what, monster. What about how it's touching the air? When it's not touching something else, and it's touching all the well, microbes in the air and stuff like that, would you would you would you get that the fly situation? <laughs> I think I, I I mean it depends on how how the the rules of this work, and I think we'd need to talk to a mathematician scientist, a math maths biologist, um, um, to truly get to the bottom of it. A real mathem a real mathematical operator, mathematician. <laughs> slash yes. biologist mm-hmm. slash mm-hmm. you know would it start to combine you with every single atom that touched it exactly and it, i guess if they'd also have to be a physicist and also what would happen to let's say the uh let's say the the subatomic particles that touched it were that were in two spots at once alistair this is what i want i want a podcast that is this right Andy, it's I, called I, this is what tank but I think no, but no, but I sort of I want this cross with the pop test. Like I want the, the us to be able to go back and redo the pop test, right? But now we only ask these kinds of questions to scientists who come on. Yeah. So we'll get on a biologist and a mathematician and a physicist, and we'll say this is we want an answer to this question. If there were mathematical operators in the real world, yeah. <laughs> Would they work on just people or would they combine you with everything that they touch? That's, so we that's get, what we, I want to know. Yeah, we get this is a great horror movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it would work. It would be great for, you know, for a character who, who never, who hated maths in the first place. And then in order to beat these things, would have to suddenly mm, grasp yeah. maths. <laughs> grasp it by the neck and choke it to death that's right hopefully while it's not touching anything else he'd have to do it in a vacuum this would be great and then at the end after this has happened right after they've defeated mathematics Mm. then we end up in that universe where there's no maths that we were talking about in sci-fi try guys we we come out the other side having defeated maths in the real world yeah and then and then maths doesn't exist anymore. No. You, now you can no longer add anything together, and it's a kind of dystopia. But you know what would be a crazy? kind of you know what would be crazy though, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Um, if the the minus operator, if it touched you and another person, and it removed mm. the, the differences of, between you, no, all that all that would be left would be the differences. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So, so just like a would, little bit of nose and <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy because we, I guess most of your DNA is identical except for mm. some bits. Mm. But then, almost all of your skin. Oh man, I guess I guess yeah, it, it removes what atom by atom. <laughs> it cancels. I mean, you this out is why we need to talk to molecule. a biologist. <laughs> this eh? is what. This is why we need to talk to a How biologist. How would it work? Would it work atom by atom? <laughs> 
Or would it work <laughs> attribute by attribute? This is so good. We get them on and we make them tell us how it would work. Ask them these horrible questions. No, but how would it work? Seriously. What would it do? You're the scientist. You you tell me. This is this is like when somebody every time like something's wrong with my car and somebody goes, "Didn't you study engineering?" And you go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. we learned all about how to fix this particular kind of car." <laughs> And I Does, should know all Do people of this. say that to you? That to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, Nobody says that to wrong, me. You know, it's like, although yesterday I did, you know, because I got my bike out from the, uh, from the, the, you know, the shop getting it fixed while I'm, you know, I guess as, as this is being released, I'm probably currently on this two week bike ride that is going to kill my ass. Mm. It's going to murder my ass. Um, uh, and uh, I got the bike out, and then I went on for a, a, a big two-hour ride the next day, and then a thing broke again, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is going to be bad. But then, and so I was like, going to have to bring it back, and then I was like, oh, I better just try and look up how to fix this thing. And it's like the front derailleur. Um, for, mm. um, and trying to figure, and then I was like, I watched a few videos, and, and I realized that if you watch videos like, that you don't really get what's happening. You watch them about three or four times. Suddenly you do understand things. <laughs> it just takes, <laughs> it takes a, a, a bunch of time for your mind to just get around all of the concepts. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you realized that, did you? <laughs> yes, I mean, I've realized it. But I mean, the, the thing is that it does... Because you, you could be... Uh, you know, you wouldn't be... It wouldn't be insane for you to watch something and then go... I can't understand this and take the meaning of the word can't as mm. I am going to be, I'm never going to be able to, right? Mm. I don't yeah. know. Like I do with learning new physical skills. Exactly. And in many ways, uh, everything is a physical skill since that we are made of matter, right? <laughs> and so. Yeah. yeah. You're a materialist. I'm a materialist, like right? And so anyway, I've watched this thing over and over again and then I went, Okay, I think I understand the concept, and then I tried to fix it, and then I realized I got I had it completely the opposite way, and so then I tried mm. to fix it again, and then I fixed it. Was that satisfying? I mean, of course it was satisfying. It's one of the mm. few things that brings uh, true joy in your life is learning and fixing something and it working, and then being like, I have progressed as a person. It's amazing how little we do it. <laughs> I know, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm constantly <laughs> I'm const- experiencing satisfaction. Well, I know, but it's but then in order to do it, you've also got to put yourself in a situation where you are in trouble. Mm, sure, you know. But, but I guess you could solve problems for other people. That's true. That's true. But I told you, Andy, I'm not going to start helping people until I'm absolutely <laughs> sure that a huge success and fame are not the solution. <laughs> You know, I have to experience the, you know, mm. like like everyone. I'm not going to just let other people tell me, "Well, I got huge success and fame and then that what well, that wasn't that didn't bring me joy." Yeah, um, well, it didn't bring you joy. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. But let us all get, get you know, discover that for ourselves. Mm. Anyway, I've taken us way away from the thing. No, 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 no. That's it, this is all good stuff, Alistair. Yeah, yeah. I have two things I want to say to you. Yes. Okay. One, uh I had a. I think I pitched something on the 400th episode, which was about photos before and after photos with people standing next to a big pair of pants, right? Holding a big pair of pants that they don't fit into anymore. Yeah, that's really great. Right? 
Um, it is great. I haven't told you the funny bit yet, but it is great. No, but I and, did love that. I was just thinking about it. I was like, I should go take. Some, I should go buy some giant pants and take some photos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the other... But the, the, this one, because on that one I was like, um, this is a before and after after I took, you know, Jimmy McNulty's um, eight-month uh, pants widening course, right? <laughs> they teach you how to widen your pants, yeah. right? But this one I was thinking you could just do the same thing, but this time it's like this because, you know, it's, it'd be like before and after and it says six months later or whatever, yeah. right? Uh, this is, and this might not be anything, but it's like this is, um, these are photos of me. This is from the time it took me six months to take off my pants. Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that now. Sorry, yeah. Um, I do like that. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if it needs any more information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is from that time. It took me six. And you think, because you'd think that big pants like that would actually take a lot longer. Um, or then, a lot less time to take off. Be a lot easier I know, to take yeah, off. Yeah, that's what I meant. A lot easier to take off. But also, in the first photo, are you just wearing the pants? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. But I was also thinking I could do a try and do a comedy festival show in which every single joke is just trying to come up with a different punchline to pictures of people standing next to their pants. Yeah, I mean, do you think I could get turn that into an hour? Yeah, big pants. Yeah, big pants photo. Oh, yeah. Are the is are, are all the photos going to be you in big pants? Yeah, I think so. In a different yeah. pair of big pants. <laughs> I think it's the same photo every time, and I just have to have a different punchline to it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, and so, but then do you also only reveal the photo? Then you start on a blank screen again every time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then... Then you reveal the photo and, and then you, you deliver the, photo, the punchline. But it, but it couldn't, that couldn't be the, 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 the same format every time because, of course... Comedy needs surprise. It needs a little bit of surprise. Yeah. I'd probably change the ori- uh, maybe the cropping or the resolution of the photo some of the time. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's... sometimes it appears behind the audience. And sometimes and it's they have just... to turn around awkwardly. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it's, um, it's just zoomed in on your chin and you don't see the big pants, but you know they're there somewhere. <laughs> they're implied. They're heavily implied. You can infer their existence yeah. from the chin. Oh, maybe. If you could see the reflection of the pants in your eyes, I know it would be very mm. difficult, but you'd have to be standing in front of a big mirror as well. Mm. And that's a mirror that, of course, you've you're now uh, is now too big for you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, the also, other thing I wanted to pitch to you. Oh no, you go. No, no, you, you go. go. No, you hit me. I was just going. Well, to mine's, talk, a, mine's a changed subject because I was I was just picturing myself wearing a giant pair of pants, but with suspenders. But then, and I was like, oh, that'd be yeah. funny. But then I realized I think that's just a clown's outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and then that would be funny. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, have I talked about this on the podcast before? Mm. Of, like, what are clowns supposed to be? <laughs> like, with that face makeup and shit? Like, what are they supposed to be? Oh, yeah. It feels are like they... they're pretending to be something, but like, what? Yeah. What are they trying to look like? Yeah, what are clowns supposed to be? Like, it's almost like their faces are butterflies or something. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Is that it? <laughs> is it like a, per- a group of people? Like, is yeah, what is the origin of... Of clown yeah, the face makeup. Yeah. Like, what's that stuff? Like, uh, the big, are those lips, that big thing they do around the mouth? Is yeah. that lips? Oh, is it, is it linked to, is that, 
there's somebody with like a really chapped. Oh wait, they've Andy, been kissing it, a guy with a stubble. Andy, is it just? Is it just links to um. To like that racist thing, um, like minstrels, um, blackface minstrels. I don't think so. Oh my god, it probably is. You ah. What about the red nose, though? Um, That's innovation. That's its own thing. I know, but I know, but I think making big noses would, does feel like a racial thing. Oh, okay. What about the red hair? The, the red hair to me feels like somebody over, like the fact that they've gone with it's going to be white face paint and it's going to be red hair feels like somebody overcompensating after they were called out by someone who said that they were doing a racist thing. And they're like, no, no, because I didn't tell you about the um, the red hair and the... Um... <laughs> yeah, the red hair, and because the, they're making fun of like the Irish instead. Right, <laughs> yeah. That's fine. We can, sh- we can shift away from... Uh... What about those cross eyes? Those eyes that are like a little cross. That's fucked. Look, I don't know. With that? I, think, I think that this goes back a long way. I've opened up a... <laughs> I mean, look, there is a thing here on a website called blackface.com and it says the black blackface origins and clowning, but I'm not mm. sure, you know, some of this stuff goes back to before, you know, Shakespearean times and all that kind of stuff. So mm, I sure I don't have the time to read into this. And um, yeah, no, and I, I don't, actually don't want you to. Yeah, as that's well. true. Yeah, yeah. Great. It wasn't, it wasn't a serious question okay. in that way. Yeah, yeah, but what, so don't worry. Don't feel the responsibility. To, but I mean, the idea that maybe we find what the original people that they're trying to be are, and it was like yeah. just some very professional. It was like a you know, it's like kind of in the same way that I guess regular pe- you know, like or regular people who were kind of nobles would wear a lot of like powdered white faces and mm. big wigs. The idea that clowns actually it would just used to be a normal thing worn in accounting. Yeah. Well, of course, it was traditional that you would wear shoes about 10 times bigger than your regular foot size. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just uh, what you would... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You do. That's oh. just what you would do. Yeah, although I don't think accountants would have worn them 10 times regular. It's obviously been exaggerated. And accountants probably would have only worn shoes that were like eight. Eight or nine times bigger. Yeah, that's right. Because they weren't using the, the the base 10 number system at the time. And it so. wasn't supposed to be absurd, and it, indeed the base 10 number system. Mm. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was my horror movie idea. I had this idea, right, for a horror movie in which it's a one of those videotape-based horror movies, right? Oh, yeah, great. Somebody gets sent or discovers an old videotape, a really old VHS, Yeah, right? And they watch it, and on this video, really this old, really old, like, 
<laughs> Prehistoric. What, what year were they were they created? Ah, uh, fucking, I don't know. Probably, I was, if, okay, I'm going to try and guess what year VHS was invented. Are you ready? Yeah. 1974. Oh, I'm sorry, Andy. Uh, VHS is a standard for consumer-level analog recording on tape cassettes invented in 1976. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Oh, oh I apologize. Hey, Andy, when I... you heard VHS just then, did part mm. of your brain just trigger and go, <gasps> I haven't written that as a question yet? No, because I know that I already have, or oh, I already have tried to. I already have tried to. I'm pretty sure I did. Pretty sure I did. I think it's Video Home System is yes, what it, it is. stands for. Yeah, okay. We're writing trivia questions and, as a job at the moment. Yeah, man. yeah. And acronyms are uh, beautiful little seams of nuggets of uh, potential, what have you. Yeah. Okay, okay. So somebody finds a VHS tape, an ancient We've really VHS turned ourselves tape. into acronym for maniacs. Alistair, yeah, they find ancient tape. They put it in and they, they dust off the VHS player. They put it in. They watch this tape. And on this tape is a horrible murder. Right, yep. taking place, and then they see the face of the murderer turning and looking at the camera with this horrible smile, and it's them doing the murder. What? Right, that's all I have so far. But like in terms of like a sort of a fucked up thing to see that you would not like witnessing, and that uh, opens the mind to um, terrifying possibilities. I think that's something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do like that. And so how do we turn it into a comedy sketch, I reckon? <laughs> like. Um, it, like yeah. But I. Let's see. Terrifying. As an offer. Mm. Okay. Well, right. Instead of instead of a tape of them committing a horrible oh, murder. It's, a, it's right? a burnt DVD. It's a burnt DVD of them doing a really good best man speech at a wedding they have no memory of attending. See? <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that anything? <laughs> I mean, I think that there is something interesting. It's videotapes of them performing stand-up and killing, right? But they have no memory of ever doing these performances. It's still got a little – it's still slightly sinister, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, because so you, it's like videotape from behind. And so somebody's doing a comedy s- set and it's just a tape that appears in their, mm. in their like mailbox. Yeah. Great. Right? And then, and then the, the, the set goes really well. And then they turn to the camera. <laughs> so it's not a well shot set then. The fact that you're only seeing them from behind, whoever was filming it. Really dropped the ball. I mean, I think it would be it's useful if you're a stand-up mm, to to sure. to get that those kind of reactions on tape. Mm, mm. Um, but but then to see the sinister smile and be like, that's like being freaked out that it's you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's a story in it. Like, I mean, you yeah. like essentially as soon as you see that, and this you realize this person doesn't know what it was. You've got yourself a full story as they like mm. a beginning and an end. Yeah, it's a real, um, it's a real sort of werewolf kind of thing. They have the uh, they have this thing where in the night they go out and they kill and they kill again, but they're killing mm. on stage at the comics lounge, and waking up 
and I was picturing they can bar. smell the club on them, and uh, there's scraps of notes written all around new gear. Maybe they've been possessed by the spirit of a dead comedian in some way who a restless spirit that still wants to perform. Mm, would it be would it be worse? Yeah. Okay. If the if the performances they're doing are really bad, right? So they're going out and they're bombing in their sleep. I mean at like open mics and they're a real like and they're watching the stuff and a lot of it's really not okay, right? That's part of what's so horrifying to them about it is that it's like it's crook gear. Yeah, I mean, it's part. And they're I think stealing doing jokes. Well, for some reason, is doing well seems to me almost more terrifying because because then you would like you know if you did poorly you would be like I guess my yeah. brain blocked it out. Mm. But then sure. why is my and brain I guess blocked? I wasn't fully conscious, so it would make sense that I wasn't good at doing stand up. Yeah, and then maybe finding like another video online somehow mm. would be like even more terrifying because you're like wait wait so this is a different one and i and i did do this for a while <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe you're getting better but i think uh there's also another thing which yeah. is like maybe a documentary on the scene oh no i guess this is kind of are we just inventing jack truce's bit about the guy covered in blood who wakes up on stage uh, he's covered in blood and he doesn't know how he got there. Sort of the opposite no, of that, isn't no, it? No, I think this is the opposite. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> this is the opposite of that. Um, but a guy, a stand-up documentary about, um, you know, sort of Jerry uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedian uh, style. It's about this guy and he's a sleepwalker and a sleep talker, mm. right? And he's just some regular guy who g- falls asleep in New York City and then he body gets up and he walks the streets and he goes and signs up for open mic nights and he performs on stage eyes closed completely like unconscious sleep stand he's a sleep performer he does he does pretty well yeah and then i i think that this is an other av- comedians talking about him for, for me about what, i think that that's like. an avenue that somebody would think is the sol- is is the solution but i don't i don't find it satisfying as, as for the story that that would actually yeah. be what happened sure sure you know, great. Um, great. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want something, something more strange. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just the idea that you're not li- living entirely your life, or you, how you would forget part of your life, that, that is more unsettling. Yeah. And, um, yeah, maybe. Imagine if you like. I guess if like if you did shift in the, this is not. I don't think the the the, the interesting solution. But if you did shift. Uh, dimensions you went into a new universe and you kind of you know timeline or whatever but you didn't know and there was no mm. noticeable reason there was no event or anything like that that somehow just, you're just you're saying that has like scared me a little bit of like the possibility of that happening <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's just... i just got a little little thrill of like oh my god what if that happened to me and i like I was looking after my kids and I didn't realize that they weren't really my kids. Well, I still think that they would be enough your kids. But maybe not. What if they're not? But they're not though, right? Like if I'm in a different dimension, and th- then they're not my children. But they are still from your DNA, which would be basically the same, right? Because if, if, they, if they exist 
they can mm. o- those children can only exist from a union between you and your beloved. Yeah, but there's something about that bond that wouldn't be the same. I haven't raised them. We haven't grown together in but, that same way. But there would be you would have raised the other ones that mm. are almost identical. Yes. <laughs> and and then the other one, the other person. So I think it wouldn't I mean, I think that there is something unse- there's 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 some unsettling weird difference there. But I reckon in the law, in the grand scheme of things, it would be negligible to, in, in, in the difference to your life other than like if – I they, think it's something that could send somebody completely insane. And I think what we – we've are, invented a new kind of mental illness, which I think is exciting. I love A new that. kind of de- delusion, yeah. derangement. Yeah. Like that time that I thought I had a metal wire somewhere in my gums. Remember that? No, but that's not – Nice at all. That no. sounds like full-on drug psychosis. Yeah. One time I, I, I was like waiting to go into a gig and I was sitting in my car and I could feel in the back of my mouth a really sharp little thing just kind of like sticking out of my gums. And mm. I was like, what the fuck was that? Like that and I was touching it with my tongue. And then I would kind of like try to get my, my thumb in there to try to feel where it was and I couldn't feel it. And then... Mm. And then at some point I did, I kind of found it and then I like, and I start to pull on it and it just felt, I didn't know what it was, but it felt like it was like pulling from like deep within my like gum structure, like up in, like attached to the bone or something. And so straight away I was like, it just felt like an invasion of the body snatchers thing. Something had Mm. (laughs) entered my body and was starting to like replace me with wiring or whatever. (laughs) Of course, that's where my mind went to first. Yeah. Right? And then at some point, I just felt again, and it was gone, and I never found this hard piece of, like, thing again. And I was but like, genuinely, oh. you were pulling on something, and there was something there. There was something there, and it was, like, deeply ingrained. It might have been, like, a fish bone or something like that. I don't know. That's awful. That's really horrible. But I was like, oh, it's the aliens that have invaded my body that are starting to take control. <laughs> um, and then it just disappeared. And I was like, oh, well, maybe there's a sci-fi story in it one day. Um, Andy, We're going to th- start doing sci-fi Try Guys again. Yeah. on the Over on the Patreon. It's going to happen. We got a little We got a little nudge from uh, we got a Adriana Genualdi. And we're genuinely Genualdi thankful. We're genuinely <laughs> excited about... <laughs> About trying to do, do do it some more back on the back on the sci-fi's, back on the on the try guys. Although since the, the that group that were very popular called Try Guys, do you think it should become Sci-Fi Attempt Boys? Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Reboot. Um, yeah. Okay. Wait. I, mean, uh, I think we probably have enough sketch ideas here. I think we, can... we should go to words from a listener. Okay, words from a listener. Which listener should we do today? Do you think Casey Pearson? Oh, it'd be good if I got to. I had to guess the listener. Which listener? <laughs> okay, Andy, you try and guess. Casey Pearson. Yes, you got that right. right oh, that, you got that run right. Feels good. I actually did feel good. You know what would be really cool if you did have, let's say, you were guessing, and you said like Ron Jabrassi or something like that, mm. and I said, and I could say, oh, "That's right, you got that run right." <laughs> Yeah, that, imagine that. That wrong. Oh well, you got that wrong, right? <laughs> you got that wrong, right? You got that wrong, right? And that <laughs> would work. That would work if mm. you 
also work as a as an answer if you had just said let's say casey pearson and it was casey mm. pearson but i was played by scooby-doo and he would say <laughs> ah, you got that run right <laughs> Um, all right so now casey has sent in three words um from a listener and i believe it's casey uh so what do you think the first word is okay the first word is um lagerphone lagerphone oh very close it's right right um right r-i-g-h-t no 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 w-r-i-t-e yes yes Okay. Um, right. Some. Second word, some. Oh. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> no, the second word is play. Right. Play. And third way is, word is glove. Right, play, glove? Yeah. <laughs> no. I thought it no. could be some sort of... Eat, pray, love kind of Oh, pun. yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Reet, play, <laughs> glove. No, I'm sorry. The third word is right. Right, play, right. And is the third word, word R-I-G-H-T? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. But is it playwright? P L did did you bring this up recently? Yes, the, I how did. is playwright spelt? Is it P L A Y W R I G H T? Yeah, it's really F U R Yeah, like U C K E D. Is it? It sounds like they spelled it wrong. Yeah, R O N G. Um, so it's right as in like a shipwright. Somebody who builds ships. Yes. Somebody who builds plays. Yes, that's what it is. Right comes from the act of making. Mm. Um, yeah. So and and so, but th- in this case, we're using two wrong rights <laughs> to make right play. Mm. Right now, two rights. What do they make? Oh, an airplane. The, the first plane. airplane. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Two rights make a plane. <laughs> Two wrongs. Are you going to say don't make a that, right. This is the Two... this is like the lamest re- response to an already lame response. Yeah, great. Well, two wrongs don't make a right. Well, two rights do make a plane. <laughs> now, why would you say that? Because I was about to say that. And why would you say that's the lamest response? No, no, no. I mean, what? in terms of like, <laughs> in terms of in an actual conversation. <laughs> Yeah. Where people are yeah. tr- are trading sayings. All right, what about this? Would this be lamer? Oh, I just peed my pants. Would well, that be lamer? No, I, I actually like that more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just did a wee wee. Wee wee in my poo poo hole. <laughs> oh, That's no. Somebody who put, pushed their penis into their own anus. <laughs> And then peed and then said, oh, I did a wee-wee in my poo-poo hole. Who are they saying this to? The president? (laughs) Their mom. Yeah, the president. (laughs) Um. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, once upon a time, I feel like that. I feel like once upon a time that would have had more cachet. But I feel like the office of the president of the United States of America has been diminished, and the act of putting your penis into your bum, peeing into your own bum, and saying "I did a pee pee in my poo poo hole" to the president doesn't have that what that something that it once had it's not it's yeah. not as transgressive <laughs> i mean i think donald I trump like- has devalued the presidency to such a point where somebody doing that is no longer considered embarrassing yeah well i mean i like <laughs> the idea it's somebody it's an artist talking about this photograph of them in the oval office with the president and the president is laughing <laughs> And you're looking sad, and you've just got a wet patch on your pants. (laughs) In the back of your pants. Yeah, and you go, and this is when the time I said to the president, Oh, I did a wee-wee in my poo-poo hole. Do you think that if... (laughs) But this is the situation, right? You're going to meet the president, right? So you, you push your penis suddenly, into your you suddenly, You suddenly really need to pee, Right? Your bladder is really full, but it's you know so for full. a fact you just did, did a big poo, so your bowel is completely empty, <laughs> right? Unfortunately, you've got a long penis, and you, in, an, in this emergency scenario where there's no other options, the security, the the Secret Service is there. They say this is your chance to meet the president, right? You you <laughs> you push your penis into your bum so you and you pee into your own. Slide bum. your hand down your pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then you, you're like, oh, my God, I got to save this from going wrong. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're standing alone in there and you start to, you start to pee right into yeah. it like that. You relax. And you, there's a look of relaxation on your face. You're like, it's working. Like Thank that. God. I got out of this potentially nightmare scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And then the door opens and the shock of the president walking in makes you shit yourself at the moment you're shitting your own you're shitting piss. Oh no. <laughs> the camera are the cameras all there. Yeah, the cameras are all there. Yeah, great. Okay. Yeah. And then you say when the cameras the line. were were there when you were pushing your penis into your own bum hole as well, but you turn to the wall <laughs> yeah. to do it in a kind of um you know, uh a way with a, a bit of a Debonair, yeah, great, yeah, and a bit of class, a, a bit, bit of, of class. dignity, yeah. And mm. then the, for some reason, I'm picturing that the president is Obama. I think, I uh, know, I see what I think for this to be a truly satirical sketch, and that is my dream. I hope this this is finally the thing that restores satire to yeah. its rightful place, okay, and finally has some cut through and some impact as satire has failed to do in recent years, possibly ever. Um, it's Donald Trump, right? And uh, the f- you doing this, it all being caught on camera, barely makes the news, right? It, it's it's not even the most outrageous thing that happened in the Trump White House that day, and that's what makes it satirical. The fact that the, as I say, the office of the presidency has been so diminished by Trump's yeah um, candidacy and leadership that um. Much as he said uh, he could shoot a man in the middle of the street and he wouldn't lose any votes. Now, you can piss into your own bumhole on camera in front of the president and not lose any dignity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
I'm happy to go with that. <laughs> no, but Alistair, I'm also I'm I, as I say it, I know I know everything that's I know I know it's you're not going to find it satisfying. So I'm happy to go with your one as well. You, it can be Obama. What about this? What yeah. if there's a, a what we maybe we can all win here? Maybe there is a an official agency of the government. Right, yeah. that measures the dignity of the officer. And, it's their responsibility to measure this? the dignity. Just win. let me finish. It's Obama wearing a Trump suit, <laughs> wearing a Trump mask, and he's wearing oh, a Trump. That is good. <laughs> okay, so you do your. Maybe that's what clown makeup is. It's, it's somebody dressed Trump. up as Donald Trump. Yeah, we got it. We got it. The house. Saturday is back, baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, there's an office of the pres- of the um, U.S. government yeah. who's job it is to monitor and give updates and measure the dignity of the office of president and as such there's somebody whose role it is to on camera pee into their own bum hole and say i did a pee pee in my poo poo hole um in front of the president in front of every president maybe every month they do this every month and by monitoring how much dignity the person loses in doing this Mm -hmm. that is their way of much like you know um, the price of a Mars bar is used as a measure of inflation. Sure. This is used as a measure of the dignity of the officer. Yeah, or like how you would like you know set off explosives underground to you know to, to, to do, exactly to try and yeah, do seismic you know, measurements yeah, and learn about the structure of the earth. Find out about yeah. the density of yeah about of, of of a bit of land and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> this is s- seismic dignity testing. And this is from the Right Play Right uh, prompt. Um, and I'll just write down uh, saying, mm. I did a pee-pee <laughs> in my poo-poo hair. Oh, thank you for listening, everybody, to Two in the Think Tank. <laughs> I mean, season You're five welcome. is off to a fucking rip. It's a, an absolute rip snorter. Oh, mate, this snort has been thoroughly ripped. The interesting thing we is that I this can't snort a new one. someone doing this in front of like the Australian Prime Minister. <laughs> it's got no, no, it doesn't mean anything. It has no meaning. Yeah. Um, but, but I could picture maybe it happening in front of Xi Jinping and him not resisting. <laughs> you know, like not showing any in, em, emotion as like his goons yeah. take take the, the person away. What about doing it in front of Putin? Yeah, that that's kind of fun to me. Yeah, I would kind of I like think that. There's, I think it's fun again. It's almost like a Steve-O prank. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think if we could get Steve-O to do that in front of Putin, yeah. it could, yeah, that could help. I think it could help. I think it could help get him re-elected. Oh, uh, Putin? Yeah. Do you think it... Well... <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> uh, it's a fun idea. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that yeah. would help the um, the his his chances in his chances? Yeah, he could really have this thing in the bag, <laughs> in the big bag of ballots that he writes himself and gives to the bloody what about ballot counters. Big bag theory. Hmm. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, the universe came out of a big bag. <laughs> We're seeing evidence of the bag. <laughs> we could get this off the ground. Maybe we could genuinely get it 
off the ground. But anyway, mm. but while while this isn't off the ground, let's wrap up the episode by uh, going through the sketch ideas. What do you say? Yeah, I'd love that. And a big uh, thank you to Casey Pearson for your beautiful words and the beautiful mm. sketch idea that it inspired. Um, and so this, today's Aww. sketches is car in the house for uh, hitting you to take your shoes off. <laughs> it's the domestic. Then <laughs> we've got a, a sport where it's bullfighting, but with a car. It's also got the idea of the sparring the car in the gym. This is, you know, it's a, um, it's mm. a you know, for sparring fight, you know, car. And that's where you would practice, of course. Yeah. As I imagine, they practice somebody when when a bullfighter practices, he has a, a friend dress up as a bull and chase him around, <laughs> stabs them to death. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we have uh, li- the limited mobility library. <laughs> um, then we have house feet for people to put their shoes into to walk inside. You know what would be great is we we should invent a type of knife, right? Mm. Um, where instead of uh, so it has a knife handle, but instead of a blade, it has a sort of a, a big, round rubber nub, okay? It's quite broad, mm. okay? And what it is, is so if you see somebody choking or in need of CPR, you can run over and administer CPR using this rubber knife pad, and it'll be like you're stabbing them to life. Ah, oh, yes. Like a medical knife for helping people. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Because did we discuss this about how like I think surg- we have had something surgery about stabbing. Is controlled stabbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been right. a four hundredth episode thing, or it might be domesticated stabbing. Mm. <laughs> we adopted a stab. We didn't domesticated the knife, and we were able to uh, use it. Much like the Deadly Nightshade family, we were able to anyway. The sorry, knife I'll stop. shade. So you said <laughs> Deadly Knife Shade. That's right. Do you know um, that whole thing with like, you know, people saying like tomatoes and all that? They're all the, the nightshades. They're the deadly nightshades. It all just comes from one of their relatives being a p- poisonous plant called the deadly nightshade. Yeah. There you go. Um, then we have real mathematic operators that combine you mm. and maybe <sighs> sub- subtract you. Then we have the accounting origins of clown outfits. Mm. And we have the terrifying VHS of murder or stand-up set. And it turns out to be you. It was you all along. And we have saying I did a pee-pee in my poo-poo hole to Mm. the president. (laughs) (laughs) What a way to finish. Just as I was saying those words. um, Very exciting. (laughs) For how that's going to damage my relationship. <laughs> that is exciting. Um, anyway. Saying I say, I did a pee-pee in my poo-poo hole in front of the president in front of my beloved. Hello, I mean, goodbye. Thank you very Hello, much for listening. For tuning in. This is from the oh, Think Tank. Oh, I'm Andy. Yeah. Um, well, you know, feel free to listen to more episodes. Um, you can we should release an episode. There should be a podcasting platform, right, where you can make GIF podcasts, mm. where we'll structure it in such a way that 
uh, it is impossible to tell where the podcast begins and ends. We'll make an Aroboros podcast. Ooh, we'll call it the Aroborobcast, right? And it, you, it, it's got its, its own sort of audio format where it loops infinitely. And the last idea that we come up with is the one that inspires the first idea that we come up with. It's basically teleport, but it's a podcast. Oh. I'm interested, mm, but I can't. Thanks. I can't figure out quite what you mean. So it's like but there's no time, and I don't. And, and you shouldn't give a fuck, Alistair. We, I, I've got to let you go, Andy. You can't pique my interest, and then <laughs> you know you're going to give me blue brain. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, it's great to be back doing regular episodes. I'm probably on a mountain somewhere. Um, you in know, excruciating pain. In excruciating Agony. pain. Take care, everyone, and we love, love you. you. Thanks so much for Bye. listening. We appreciate it. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.